0: Welcome to Winning Minds. We're not negative, we're positive. We don't get bitter, we get better. We don't lose, we win. We understand that life is more than what happens to you. It's about how you respond, and that response starts in your mind. And if you can change your mind, change what, how, and the way you think, you will change your life. Welcome to a positive mind, a better mind, a winning mind. I am your host, Fred LaVallee, and this is the Winning Minds Podcast. How can something be a first and a second at the same time? No, this isn't about quantum supercomputers. This is better. This is the first time the Winning Minds podcast has a repeat guest. Yes, a second time. In this episode, Stacey Cawthron joins us again to discuss how we can use our bodies to assist our minds, the signs of being mentally unhealthy, and... How we can also help others improve themselves and become a winning mind. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy it and that it contributes to your next winning decision. Welcome back to Winning Minds. Glad you came alongside us again, allowed us to uh, have this conversation and have you listen along to Winning Minds. Today we have a first, I believe this is a first, I've been able to. and other episodes have made part one and part two of the same conversation, but today we have the first repeat guest. It was so good the first time, brought her back a second time to talk about more things, more questions, and more ideas, and that is Stacey Catherine. She is joining us again. I had a previous episode with her, and um, through that time, my wife and I have maintained a relationship with her, friendship and i've asked questions here and there it's been very beneficial to us uh just as we're living life and the things that we're involved with and so i asked her i said hey i want to bring you back on and ask you a couple more questions because this has been so helpful to me so stacy thank you for joining us again if you wouldn't mind let everybody know what you're doing now last time you were a counselor at the school that my children attend since you moved on to other things so Welcome back and uh, just let everybody know what you're doing now.
1: Awesome. Yeah, Fred, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, so I took a little sojourn from school counseling and working with younger kids because I really had a strong desire to work with older people and just kind of dig in with what, what it's like in you know, later stages of development. That's just always something that's been really interesting to me. And so I took a job working for a community mental health agency, and I work with people of all ages now, anywhere from like six years old up through adulthood. But my main um, uh, clientele now is teenagers, so high school age people, as well as a few middle schoolers. Um, And I'm really enjoying it.
0: Wow. Now that is even, even, I guess I would say better, but because that's what i i work with my wife and i mentoring in the high school and dealing with that same age group and i remember that yeah you had went you were going to start working with older adults and so just to kind of turn how it's gone back into high school age and 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 that age group that's fascinating so Mm -hmm. that's cool and that's that's been recently and i'll go ahead and recommend a book for anybody who wants to read it (laughs) (laughs) Um, there i had reached out to stacy before i said hey what's a good book that deals with trauma just to help me understand because I don't know much about it and recommended a book uh, that was called The Body Keeps the Score. Fantastic, interesting, and incredibly helpful read. I'm reading it. I'm listening to it on Audible as well. I'm trying to really soak it in and get as much as I can from it because it it, it cleared so many things up for me. It helped me understand, gave me insight. It was very, very beneficial. Before we're not doing a book review here. So <laughs> you know, this podcast that I have it's you know, if you can change the way you think, you'll change your life. Just you know, it sounds so simple, but right. it's a lot more difficult than that. What are a few things that we can do myself anybody. It's a few practical things, examples of maybe where you tell people, "Hey, Start here. What's something practical on an everyday basis, on a weekly basis that I could do, anybody could do to change our thinking so that we can change our life, I guess.
1: Okay. Well, I want to address what you talked about first, and, and that's the, um, the book, right? The Body Keeps the Score. So I just yeah. want to add a little bit to that since you mentioned it. So that book is really foundational for a lot of people in the field of counseling, mental health. Um, psychology, psychiatry, whatever. All right. So in the field of mental health it's a really foundational book and it's becoming, even though it was written a long time ago, it's becoming more and more popular because we're understanding more and more that the body holds trauma and that talk therapy or, or the traditional mental health therapy modalities alone are not enough to help people, to really heal and to move on and to change their thinking and change their lives, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the to put it simply, you know, the foundation of that thinking is that when we are traumatized, when we go through whatever it is that might cause us trauma, whether that's, you know, um, broken homes Um, abuse, rape, car accidents, war, terrorism, any of those things, it's not just our minds that are affected, it's our bodies too. And so in order to really heal and in order to really overcome that trauma, to get past that post-traumatic stress, we have to consider the whole self right the body as well as the mind and of course I add in you know the spirit Mm -hmm. right so so one of the things that you know we can take from that when it comes to our thinking it's like we have to address our bodies as well one of the things that we say in an organization that I'm a part of is that exercise is really truly like therapy because the mind cannot handle all the stress of most people's daily life. Like we are so stressed out in this day and age, right? So even if you have lived a fairly normal life and you have not been um, exposed to a lot of the types of trauma that can be really damaging to the mind, Mm -hmm. um, even then normal life is very stressful, right? So when we, take on a daily practice of some kind of physical activity we are giving our body the opportunity to assist the mind with handling that stress and it's super effective right? Like if you know anything about exercise, you talk to anybody who exercises on a regular basis or like, this is an absolute must, right? I have to do this. And they say things like, you know, I got to do this for my sanity, right? I got to do this um, to be a nicer person, right? Like whatever it is, like, I got to do this to help me handle the stress. A lot of people are like, I don't know why I got to do this, but I got to do this, (laughs) right? I just know. And for
0: people like like me that I I know that part of the thing that I have to deal with whatever my own personality is cynicism. I'm just naturally a bit of a cynic. And uh-huh. so I kind of just laugh and smirk like, yeah, whatever you just, but it's I'm learning slowly, but surely the slow learner that I am like, you know, that's not just somebody saying it. They might not know, but the science is behind it to say, yeah, they literally need this. <laughs> it's, it's proof. It's not just somebody's, I want to go and have fun by myself working out. It's no, there's something real behind it.
1: Yes, it's so 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 very real. It really is, and so I mean, there's just so many ways in which research has shown and is proving, and I see it with my own eyes every single day. I'll give you an example today. Um, I have a client who lives in a very chaotic household. His mother has borderline personality disorder, um, and this this kiddo, he's a teenager, since a very young age has had to try to figure out how to deal with the chaos of living with somebody with that disorder. It's very, very difficult. The family is determined to stay intact, which is beautiful because most of those people get left somewhere along the way and nobody wants to be around them. Um, But this family has committed to staying together. Mm. So this kid, when I first started working with him, honestly, I was like, I don't think I can, I don't think I can work with him. (laughs) You know, it's it's hard for me to hear what he has to go through, like, and how can I, how can I teach him to handle this when he shouldn't have to handle it? You know.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. But life hands us what life hands us, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're a spiritual person, you believe. Well, I've handed something for a reason. I've got to learn how to work with that. Yeah. Um, But this kid today, like he's really been improving. He's been really able to avoid the conflict with his mother. Um, This has been ongoing now for a couple of months that he's really been able to maintain and to not get into that heated conflict with her anymore. And he said, I've been learning. He said, I do this weird thing. I have this lightsaber that I bought. They really like it. And I go out and I swing it around and I play (laughs) with it. And I just get all this energy out and I get sweaty and I feel better. Wow. He said, and then I learned that like when we're in PE, if I don't just blow it off, but I like actually just run as hard and as fast as I absolutely can, that I'm going to have a much better day.
0: Wow. So basically what I'm hearing is we should still be having recess for the rest of our life. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> See, yes.
0: I knew it. I was so it out. Wow. Don't
1: that's all? Yes. Yes. We all need it so bad, you know, and I think a lot of people during COVID, hmm. well, there was, there was a couple of things that happened during COVID, right? Like a lot of people just shut down and they stayed in and they weren't even going to go outside. And then a lot of other people were like, oh, I'm stuck at home. I can go take a walk. It's a safe place to be. It's outside, you know? Yeah. And Started doing that and they started like walking, and then they like, you know, they realized that, like, oh, if I can take a lunch break and I can walk, then that's just going to be a much better thing for my day. Now they don't want to go back to an office Mm. and blame them.
0: Yeah. And that probably even leads to, I'm just thinking of sleep. Like so many people, they don't go to sleep because they're tired, they go to sleep out of boredom. They're just two o'clock in the morning, they're finally going to fall asleep and they're just bored. But if you've been physically active, your body has been able to process just the regular stresses of the day, get energy out. And then by the time it comes to sleep, your body's ready to sleep, which is beneficial to your mental health. But -hmm. if you're not tired, then it just kind of becomes this cycle.
1: 100%. Exactly. That the Mm -hmm. very first thing that we always ask with our mental health clients and patients, whatever you want to call it, individuals, is are you getting enough sleep? You know, the day starts eight or nine or whatever hours it is before you actually wake get out of bed right your day starts with rest yeah and and that rest is so much more fulfilling and so much more restful when you do move your body throughout the day in a healthy way when you get your heart rate up um and, and i'm not you know walking is great but like we know that even you know doing things where you get your heart rate up for an extended period of time, when you're resistance training, when you're resistance training, you're training your body, you're training your mind too. You're making your mind stronger and more able to cope with the various stressors of life. Yeah. When you're doing yoga and you're making your body more flexible, you're making your mind more flexible too. You know, so many people, those people that experienced trauma that really, you know, went through some very, very hard things. That's very real. They come out of that with very fatalistic thinking. They don't think that they can change. You know, they are very negative and they don't see a way out of that negativity. They don't see other options for themselves. But when you start a practice of making your body more flexible, your mind naturally comes along. It is all one system.
0: Uh, So when that's fascinating, when say I'm talking to somebody and I'm seeing that their mentality, the words they speak are very negative, there's always an excuse just why they can't do this. So they just tend to see the negative in things instead of me coming out and saying, hey, you're thinking wrong. Don't think like that how do is there a better way to persuade them than being so confrontational which might just shut them down or they just argue and they take that as rude is it just kind of what go take them for a walk and just slowly the walks might bring them along to open up a conversation instead of being so confrontational and direct to the mentality or mindset we want to change
1: yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's a great idea. And I do, I mean, the thing is, is that exercise is, it's this long-term thing. It's not like, you know, going for one run is going to improve your life, right? Like it is a practice and it is something that you want to try to incorporate as part of mental health treatment, right? So yes, it's a great idea to take them for a walk and, and try to encourage them to move, But when we wanna do that with our words, there's a lot of ways we can do that as well. So instead of telling somebody, hey, you're being really negative, you could say something like, I noticed that you're really down on yourself. Or I noticed that you don't have a lot of confidence about that, right? Mm -hmm. Or I noticed that, you know, I feel like, or you're really judging yourself, right? Have you ever noticed how much you judge yourself? Or have you ever noticed, you know, how much you judge that particular thing? Right. So asking questions. Nobody ever, ever wants to be told yeah. something like that. Right. And especially if somebody's already negative, it just makes them backpedal further. Mm-hmm. But when you ask them a question and they're able to start, like, oh, thinking about their own thinking. Yeah. Right. Then all of a sudden something kind of clicks in their mind and, and it kind of opens a door. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when change can begin. And and when you can ask those questions in the right way, in the right time, in the right setting, things will begin to improve very quickly. I mean, wow. I can work my way out of a job fast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that's the sign of somebody who knows what they're doing and you know thank god for people like yourself and those who have learned when to apply the right question at the right time that is that's fantastic. that is wonderful now i've discovered and i've we've talked about it a little bit and that's kind of where the book that you recommended but it it's it almost seems like at times some people it's like they cannot make a good decision. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm judgmental or condescending, like I'm better than somebody and I know how to do everything right because that's, that's not at all. But they're just, you can talk to people and they'll agree. Yes, I know I should, this, this, that. Then when it comes down to it, they don't make the, the right choice. They make a total different one or they choose a thing that they just told you yesterday or 30 minutes ago was the wrong thing. And then they do it. And it's like, I know they're not stupid. I know they're not dumb. it's like. What's going on? I don't understand this. <laughs> like I get it if somebody's into heavy drug use. Okay, that makes sense why they aren't thinking correctly and they make mistakes and they, you know, make bad decisions. But other people it's like what's going on? I don't understand this. What what is this?
1: Mhm. Well, that's, you know, a sign of someone being mentally unhealthy, right? And you could call it a lot of different things. You can call it disassociation like they're not really connecting what's actually going on in their life to like their thinking and their consequences you know they're not making those connections Mm -hmm. you can call it ptsd you can call it depression you can call it anxiety you can call it uh, a mood disorder you can call it many things right but Most of those things stem from trauma. And when they don't stem from trauma, they just stem from like a lack of awareness, right? They stem from being raised without being taught values or, you know, being taught that they're loved, you know, or Uh being taught that, you know, they matter and that what they do and what they say and how they act in the world matters, right? So Mm -hmm. neglect, abuse, all these things make a person mentally unwell, and I was just talking to another client about this yesterday. And you know, this client is pretty determined that like they can quit doing drugs on their own, um, but and and they don't really need to process all the the trauma that they've been through. And I say, but but what led you to drugs, right? Mm-hmm. What led you? To that? Because a normal person doesn't go looking to use drugs somebody who's mentally well does not go looking to use drugs. Like you go looking to use drugs because there's something missing in your life. You go to the pantry and overeat because there's something missing in your life. You develop an eating disorder and you, you know, get anorexia because there's something missing in your life, right? Mm -hmm. You're not mentally well, like you're not whole. You're looking to try to fill some kind of void or some kind of gap. And that's why you turn to those things that are really not ever going to fulfill you. But you don't know what really will fulfill you. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's why there's all of the addiction in the world. So many people are really so mentally unwell.
0: Mm. And it, it, it ties back. And, and so that is the root of just, it starts the process of making wrong decisions because they're not well. Like, almost like if you have, I think it just more physical terms of if my ankle is injured, I'm not going to be able to run full speed because my ankle's bad. So I'm going to be limping and falling and it's going to create other trouble. And Mm -hmm. so when you start at the root cause of something's missing, something's happened that I haven't dealt with and healed from, Mm -hmm. then when pressure gets applied in that situation, I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall, which when we talk about our mind, it becomes the wrong decision.
1: Exactly. I'm going to stumble and I'm going to fall into all sorts of wrong decisions, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, there's just the the long list of vices that we to you know like you said looking for that support looking for that thing that's going to heal us or make us feel better we just turn down the wrong roads Hmm. and that also stems from a belief that the right things and the whole things and the good things are not we're not worthy of them we're not deserving of them you know that kind of thinking is comes from our culture our environment our background Hmm. um and that's that's interesting
0: you say that too of we're not worthy of them because I know that even in myself, sometimes it's the options are be are in front of people. And it's almost like they just don't want to choose it because they enjoy the alternative option. And it's almost yeah. not, not, it's almost stubbornness or whatever, but it, it's it's helpful that you phrase it that way because it speaks to the truth of just the whole down on myself, negative blaming myself. I'm not worthy of this. I would, but I just don't think I can.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so
0: good. That's so helpful
1: hmm A lot of times there's no evidence in your life that you're worthy of something better, right? Mm. So you turn to the things that you've seen other people turn to. You turn to the things that are, are easy. And I think when I was thinking about talking today, that was another thing that I wanted to speak to is we, we turn to the easy thing because in our culture, we're really taught that easy is the best, right? We want the easy most convenient quickest route to whatever it is right yeah we we want it to be easy and that's something that I've said to my clients mainly children you know of all ages right like why is the best thing the easy thing Hmm. you know if you if you accept a challenge and you work hard at it And you, you know, you grow while you're doing it and you fall back every now and then, and then you get back up and you keep going at it and you succeed and you're victorious. Isn't that better than easy than just getting that quick fix, just getting what you want immediately, that instant gratification. But we are forced that easy in this culture. And it's not surprising that a lot of people want the easy way out.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to, this has been excellent and we'll wrap it up here, but before I'm going to spring something on you that I didn't have you prepare for, but I just, I hear you speaking so much of it. And it's almost like, I want to take a moment and say, all right, Stacy, whoever's listening to us right now, I want to want you to pretend like you're looking at them face to face. It's very (laughs) general because it's people from all walks of life, other, who knows who's listening, but you've touched on value, doing hard things, challenging all that. I don't know. I just feel the need to say, take 30 seconds, take a minute and just from your heart, from the top of your head, however they say it in in rapping. I like music. We say from from the top of the dome, just off the head, just off the top of your head, just speak to somebody that encouragement, that value. uh, Just, I don't know, take the next 30 minutes to a minute or 30 minutes, 30 seconds. (laughs) We'll close it out with this. Got it. Uh, it. Just wrap it up and just speak to them.
1: Okay. Well, I can, I can tell you from experience that, the, the road to healing, it's not an easy one. I realized not long ago that I fought really hard for my own healing and my own recovery when I finally realized that it was something that I needed. And when I did realize it, it seemed hard. It seemed impossible. It seemed like I was never going to be overcome the places that I had put myself into the boxes that I had, you know, boxed myself into the pits that I had fallen into, but with the help of other people and with the help of good counselors and professionals. And when I decided to start moving my body in various ways and trying new things and being open to them little by little, I got healthier and healthier to a place where I am today, where I could help other people. And you can do it too. So reach out, look for those people in your life that are willing to give you a hand up and take it and just keep moving forward because you can do it. It's entirely
0: possible. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and post a comment and then tell two people today about Winning Minds. I hope you'll join us on the next episode. But until then, keep your mind healthy and keep winning with the Winning Minds podcast.